Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. What you're about to hear is another mini-episode in our month of October celebration, and our goal is to encourage your soul from the Word of God. So some of these will be about prayer, others will just be about God's Word. But I do thank you for listening. Again, my name is Fred, and God is merciful to make me the host of the podcast. We do thank you for listening. Again, this is our anniversary month, and we're really excited, excited about the next year as well. Along with these mini-episodes, we are offering a PDF version of the Foundational Prayer Primer to anyone who emails us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. And now on to the episode. Good morning, noon, or evening, whichever you listen to the podcast. As you have heard, we're in the midst of our October Thankfulness Month, and this is the 12th day of our October Encouragement. We are doing these special episodes in gratitude and thanksgiving for everyone who listens or who will listen in the future. We really do appreciate, I appreciate everyone who listens. There is a passage in the book of Acts where a beggar who's lame in his legs asks Peter for money as Peter's going into the temple. I believe it's in Acts 3. And Peter's response struck me from the first time I read it in the King James Version If you'll remember, I did read through the Bible the first time in the King James Version. But it struck me and has stayed with me. And as the guy asked Peter for money, then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And that quote is from the King James Version. Now I love that quote. I love it first of all because it's scripture. But it also makes the point that true Christianity doesn't give that which is perishable, like silver or gold, but what we, the sinful race of Adam, truly need, the salvation of our souls. And the first step for this beggar was healing, which God did at Peter's behest. Now, on a more personal note, I used the Freda phrase, a paraphrase, remember we call that. I use this verse very often when someone thanks me for praying for them. Because the reality is, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give to thee. What I'm able to do is pray for people. I can pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Savior, for their needs, their comfort, and his will. Along with an active prayer life, I do love the Word of God. And I love sharing the Word of God. And I thank Jesus that I have at least a little bit of an ability to share the Word. My gratitude, then, is for everyone who listens. And to be able to share the Word, prayerfully an encouraging Word, through the Bible That's what we're trying to do this month. And so thank you for listening. And today we're going to start this devotion, this encouragement in Psalm 51. And in verse 17, we see David say, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. And we've been through this psalm before in our confession episode especially. But what does a broken and contrite heart look like? Our first example comes most naturally from David at the beginning of this psalm, which is a prayer, by the way, a prayer of repentance. And a broken and contrite heart truly repents. And we hear David before God saying, Be gracious to me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the greatness of thy compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned, and done what is evil in thy sight, so that thou art justified when thou dost speak, and blameless 
when thou dost judge, a beautiful picture of a broken heart. And a broken heart, as David did, asks for grace and acknowledges the character of God. It pleads for forgetting of sins and cleansing. A broken and contrite heart acknowledges its sins without obfuscation. We hear David say, My sin is ever before me. And then acknowledging the righteousness of God, the righteousness only he possesses, and not blaming him for our sins. And we see David's heart when he says, Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And the implication, I believe, of that verse is the purifying process may hurt. But that's what David asks for, even if it does hurt and is painful. And you know when you've repented before God that it is painful. Broken means being genuinely vulnerable before the God of the universe. And then we want to look at the life of Hannah, and we learn from her that a broken and contrite heart relies on God, the God who hears and who gives. We read in 1 Samuel 1, 10 and 11, this is Hannah, and Hannah begins, And she, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy maidservant, and remember me, and do not forget thy maidservant, but wilt give me thy maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. Hannah, in her contrite heart, is here pleading with God to do what only he could do for her. As God is working out his divine purpose, Hannah is broken and at the end of all her natural efforts. She's been married a while, long enough for her rival to have several sons, several children. And so she calls out greatly in her distress, weeping in the bitterness of her plight. And not only is a broken and contrite heart crying out to God to do what we can't do, a broken and contrite heart submits to the word of God even when it doesn't fully comprehend what is happening. We see in John 13 that Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. And he has an encounter with Peter, as seems he's ever doing through the Gospels. But verse 5 starts out this way. And then he, that's Jesus, poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And so he came to Simon Peter. And he, now this is Peter, said to him, Jesus, Lord, do you wash my feet? And there's a hint of refusal there, isn't there? And in verse 7, Jesus answered and said to him, What I do you do not realize now, but you shall understand hereafter. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter then said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Peter, as Jesus said, even in this moment, didn't know exactly what was going on. But when Jesus gave him the ultimatum, Peter completely surrendered. And he surrendered because that's what a contrite heart does. And then the last one for today, we're going to look and see that a contrite heart humbles itself. In Luke 18, we have the familiar story about the tax gatherer in prayer in the temple. And he's standing a few feet away from a Pharisee who's just been bragging to God about his own righteousness. But the tax gatherer, standing some distance away, 
was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And that's Luke 18.13. And the broken and contrite heart knows the true humility of a sinner in the presence of the holy God of the universe. A contrite heart can't even look to heaven and cries out, God be merciful to me. Now it is a scary thing to be open and laid bare by choice to the living God, even though we know ultimately we are, there's nothing in from his sight, but to choose to yield truly to God, he responds in mercies. The broken and contrite heart of David is forgiven, and he leads Israel the rest of his life. Hannah, in her weakness and brokenness, is given a son, Samuel, and her son leads Israel all his life in integrity, even though he had no one but God alone to show him how to carry out his office. And Peter, Peter's washed and ultimately fully restored to his calling, which he submits to and does. And this is what Jesus himself says about the tax gatherer. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, but he who humbles himself shall be exalted. And so we see there's reward for the broken and contrite heart. Now we know in our humanity, in our weakness, in our sorrows, that we are truly broken. And we may even seem relatively good. We may look good to the people around us. But to a broken and contrite heart, there is no pretense before God Almighty. You may be in a season of hurt and confusion, and you may know the deepest of sorrows. And I'm sorry. I've been broken as well. I am broken as well. But my soul knows the sweetness of being broken before God, for he is the God of all comfort. And I pray that your soul knows it well. I pray that this is just a reminder that the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart, and he will never despise those. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for hearing the voice of our cry. I do. We thank you, Lord, that we have access to the very throne room of God, and that we can come into that throne room with boldness in our brokenness and in our contrition, weeping over our sins and our weaknesses. And we know that you will in no way despise us. This is our only call. This is our only plea that you, my Christ, has died for me. We do thank you that you came and died for us. And from our broken and contrite hearts, we understand that you are our only plea. And we bless you for that because we can trust you in that. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, by faith, who leads us and who will lead us into his very presence forever and ever. Amen. Tomorrow, my broken brothers and sisters, we'll uncover a little more deeply the character of our God and who it is who hears us when we lift our souls to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm pretty excited about it. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you and to make his face to shine upon you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Free Range Preacher. We hope you enjoyed it, and will join us for our next broadcast coming up soon. For Fred and myself, this is Richard Durrington saying, Make it a godly, fun-filled day.